Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. This is a podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to talk to them about a meaningful video game from some time in their life. On the show, we talk as much about what made playing the game special, fun, and what our guest might have enjoyed about it, as we will about the context of when they had their moment in the sun with it uh, and... That's pretty much it. That's what we do here. A little bit of housekeeping up top is that uh, you should check us out on social media. Give us a follow. uh, Like all of our stuff and so you can keep up with what we have going on. You can follow the show on Instagram at callmebyyourgamepod and on Twitter at callmebyyourgame. You'll see what episodes we have coming out. You'll learn a little bit about our guests and how how you can uh, support them or keep up with what they have going on. Uh, And yeah, just see all the cool art I make every week. Uh, you can also support the show by giving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and if you do that, I'll even read it on the show. Uh, and please do that. If you listen and you haven't done it, let us know what your favorite episode is or maybe what about our guest today you like the most because I'm sure, honestly, you're going to have a tough time choosing. There's a lot of a lot of great qualities about our guest. Um, you can also share the show with a friend whether they love video games in general or the game we're talking about today. And lastly, you can also support us on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. And if you subscribe to any tier, you get a bunch of bonus video game content. Uh, We have a few of those tiers there, uh, the $5 mailroom toad, the $10 DJ toad, and then one that's way more that no one should subscribe to. Um, But if you like me and my opinion on games, uh, you're probably going to like what you find there because there's almost a bonus show every day that comes out to at least the $10 tier. So again, patreon.com slash super NPC radio, and that's NPC like a non-player character in a video game. (laughs) Yeah, pretty clever. Uh, That'll do it for the housekeeping. And I'll finally introduce our guest for for the day. So please welcome to the microphone, Quinn Boys. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Hey, you're so welcome. Uh, and finally, we are uh, completing the uh, the unspoken uh, pod, like pod guesting. Uh, what would you call it? Not a rule, but reciprocity. Sort of, the yeah, uh, you know. Oh yeah, the the um, quid pro quo. They're the more like the Quinn pro quo. That's you, you know what I'm saying. That's right. Because that's your that's name. That's right. Um, yeah, right. and, and for me, uh, the, I only reciprocate something when someone does more. So you had to have me on your show twice for me to ever have you on. Mm-hmm. And the second time it was really, we just booked you on to get me on this one. <laughs> yeah, was that Leonard. Was, I, I had a conversation with Leonard and I said, I got to get on this podcast. What if we have Connor back? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and took you, some convincing. Yeah, oh, some convincing. I think you also had a hand in making sure that, uh, we got James Bond, uh, no time to die and the new Mortal Kombat out as well. You 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 had a lot of pull at the studios, didn't you? That's yeah. I am a, a a co-equal partner with Leonard in the enterprise of our podcast, but um yeah, so my interests are going to be prioritized and if anything James Bond related. Uh we did a we had our James Bond versus Mortal Kombat duel twice and we're one for one. So I appreciate you you scratched my back last time. Hey, yeah, is there finally. any winning in this podcast, Connor? Can I help you win in uh, any way? What's... You know what? Absolutely. And that's just you being Great. here. So you've already, it already feels like a victory to me. Oh, wow. Speaking Easy. of which, uh, Quinn, well, I want to, we're, we're talking about your show now, so I, we may as well just get into it. Uh, we know each other through the Los Angeles improv community. 
the guest could have figured that because that's almost every person I have on the show. Um, but I think that I, I remember when you came into my field of vision for the first time and not literally, but more of like, I started to see you around and that was because you got put on the same mess hall team as, no, no, not the same mess hall team. You and Jeremy Olson, a dear friend of mine from my hometown who's been on the show before, you two were on an indie team together. Uh, That's a, right. A gorgeous group of, it was five of you, right? Or four? It was five of us and then it was four of us. Yes. Originally it was six of us, but that was way, I don't know if we even did any shows. But yes, we whittled it down to a, a foursome uh, was probably, you probably knew us the as a noise. foursome or a fivesome as the noise. That's right. Uh, yeah, that was just such a blast. But I mean, of course I was going to be dialed into who that team was because I've just known Jeremy for basically my whole life, but that's how I met you, uh, John Potter and Courtney Nunes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and now, uh, you know, here we are, I think something like five, four or five years later, which is kind of insane. When did you guys form? Was that 2017, 2018? Yeah, it would, uh, it might've even been like late 2016, but you're in the okay. ballpark. Um, gotcha. who can recall this many years, one <laughs> pandemic later, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, we, uh, it was the same thing for me with you is like, I don't recall, uh, officially meeting you, Yeah, I don't <laughs> but it's that, it's that weird, um, like, uh, dulling effect of like just doing a bunch of cl- shows at the clubhouse or whirlwind effect really is that yeah. you just start to be like, yeah, I know Connor and it's totally. like, how specifically? And I like, ah, I've seen him here a bunch, but yeah. I don't remember the first time or what the, um, but yes, absolutely. That was, uh, those were, yeah. I mean, we were probably... We're still all great friends. We haven't performed in a, in a while, uh, pandemic-related r- reasons, I guess. But, like, yeah. yeah, it was a solid solid few years there in the late 2010. I think we also did – I remember – I think I saw your team at – did you see DCM 2018? Yeah. Was that – we knew each other by then. Yes. But I feel like we played that – and I – yeah, so – Probably like saw We're, each other's Our friendship teams is coast to coast. Uh, it is. And hey, I want to say, uh, you know, thank you for having me on your coast, the East Coast. That's right. You're Cause, welcome. Because you're from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking, we probably spent about 15 minutes before the podcast talking about baseball, something my guest, uh, my get my guest, my listeners know that I'm uh, ready to break into anytime someone gives me the chance. Um, you're also a, an enormous Yankees fan. You like the Giants too, right? I've seen you wear a, a New York Giants shirt, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mostly did you not want me to share fan. that information with the listener? No, no, no. Yeah. No, the listeners can know my sports preferences. Um, <laughs> I, I just I I hesitated if anything because I feel like I'm a like dyed in the wool legit baseball fan. Yeah. I can I feel like I can talk baseball pretty confidently with anybody, but mm-hmm. like football, I'm a bit of a um I'm a bandwagon guy. Like sure. the Giants haven't Fair. been good in the past five years, and I think I've watched zero Giants yeah. games in that time. <laughs> but I'll wear that shirt and uh and I'll tell people that I'm a Giants fan, but it's like if I'm being honest, I've have seen you throw as many touchdown passes as Daniel Jones. So hey, I like, you well, and a lot of people have that in common. It's zero, but it's, yeah. yeah. Um, I but, uh, uh, if they're good again, I will be right there. I'll be right back there. Have me back on, and I'll talk to you about I don't know <laughs> Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> you hear that, Mara family? If you get that team to be good, you Quinn will be talking about it on this show. Uh, got one guy on the fence. Yeah, <laughs> so that's pretty good. Uh, that's funny, you. 
say that I used to be a, a, a huge football fan. I've rooted for the Rams my whole life because as we were talking before, my family's from St. Louis. So I rooted for every St. Louis sports team that was uh, available. Um, and then they moved out here uh, coincidentally. Mm-hmm. Well, not coincidentally at all. Made sense why it happened, but I it was, was out co- here. <laughs> they were following you. Yeah, I like to take credit for that. There was a point in like summer of 2011 where there were rumors of the Rams moving here and the the my basketball team, the Sacramento Kings, moving to Anaheim before they got their new arena. So I, it, mm-hmm. there was a moment where two of my professional sports teams were going to move a lot closer to me than previous were previously. Um, but I'll wrap this up by saying that I used to be a huge football fan and Rams fan specifically, and I just have watched so much less football over the last like five years. Every year it dropped, and this year and last year I really was not invested, but the Rams went out and won the Super Bowl, and I was just kind of like – I actually ended up watching a few playoff games, including the entire Super Bowl, but when they won, I was kind of like, that's good for them. I didn't even feel like a part of it anymore. Yeah, I've had – I had um, a friend describe a similar feeling of like having given up on the Mets and the Mets – this was a while ago now still, but like the Mets made it to the world series in 2015. And Mm -hmm. that friend sort of being like, I, it feels like you broke up with someone and then they got really pot, you know, I don't know. Like it was (laughs) like, he was describing it. It was a very tragic uh, thing. So I'm like, just keep that. I view it as like, you can be like a lapsed Catholic or whatever. Like, just be (laughs) like, I'm a Mets fan. I haven't watched games in 17 years, but if they're in this, like that's, if I can do it for the giants, the football giants, I think I think it's fair. You can reclaim your Rams fandom. Also, like, was was your family? I, I don't mean this lightly. It sucks no. to lose a sports team, but were they like bummed that they oh, yeah. left St. Louis? But were you like, I don't know what you guys are. What's the problem? They're coming over here. Like, were I, you angry at them for leaving St. Louis, or were you like, hey, that's what they left it for where I'm currently living? So I'll answer both questions. My family Thank in you. St. Louis, you're very welcome, uh, was very upset and don't root for the Rams anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was bummed that they were leaving St. Louis because I really do love that city. And I it would have been cool for them to because they already they don't have a basketball team. So they were going from three teams to two. Kind of a mm-hmm. bummer. But there was a little bit of a silver lining where, oh, they'll be out here. That's kind of cool. And they were originally from here, I believe. And that was the other thing. It felt like it, the, the L.A. was less stealing them as much as they were like taking them back. It was yeah. weird. Like, who's the real like it would be like the, the Dodgers moving the back to Brooklyn. The yeah. owner is the villain, as is usually the case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I understood the that people are upset. And again, I would rather them stay uh, and rooted mm-hmm. for them there. But I was like, well, what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, a lot of people in St. Louis are pretty pissed off. Um, I imagine. For good reason, but uh, anyway, um, we we got there from just talking, just me claiming that you're a huge Giants fan. Uh, we so that's how we know each other. We we you know uh, I feel like more we're like have been friendly over the years. Um, having had like many times to even I feel like I've rarely even seen each other out at like a bar and been like oh we're at the same thing right now. Like <laughs> it happens, but it's it feels rare. But um, I don't know if it's just being in the pandemic or doing your show twice or keeping in better touch over the text uh, chain that spawned from that. But 
there's also a bunch of other stuff you do outside of improv. We were just talking about your podcast, uh, Film versus Film, which you host with uh, Leonard Smith Jr., uh, former guest of the show. We've already referenced a couple times. A great show where – and you can probably tell the listener about it, but where you bring on a guest to pick a movie between – uh, from one of you or your or your co-host Leonard, and whoever's movie gets chosen wins that week, and you play a season, right? That's right. Yeah, we we do it kind of like um, I guess I was gonna say like rounds of boxing, except it's not ten rounds or twelve or whatever they're doing in boxing nowadays. But basically, each episode is a round, and we have our guests like like yourself, Connor, when you guessed mm-hmm. it, pick a prompt. And uh, for example, yours was originally best video game movie. Yeah. Um, and so then I think about that. I give a movie that fits that prompt from my childhood. You know, we have to have seen the movie, obviously, because we're going to be making arguments yeah. for it. And then Leonard does picks his other his picks his own. Uh, and then ideally, all three of us will separately watch the movies uh-huh. before we record. Although we've had situations where that's touch and go. Leonard has forgotten. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's good. Makes, I, Leonard's forgotten one time, and I lost that week, and uh, <laughs> I got very. You're not supposed to get really angry on a podcast, but I got a little angry. That's um, incredible. No, but uh, so then we make arguments. So I, so you know, not to segue into it. It's not the game I chose, but it's close, I guess. But like for your episode, Leonard picked Mortal Kombat. I guess we've spoiled it already. And then I had picked um, Goldeneye. Yes, which is as kind of a cheat. You didn't you didn't slam me on it, which I appreciate. But that's technically a a, a video game based on a movie, not a movie based on a video game. That still sort counts. Of, more the spirit of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then at the end of the, we make our guests decide because Leonard and I will just argue until the cows come home about who made the better <laughs> pick or who did the, you know. Um, so it, it, we, we take movies and we make them fight. That was, that's how I sometimes uh, describe it to people. That's but great. It's been a lot of fun. It's a, it's a great show. It was an honor to be on, uh, come back again for the newest James Bond movie and the Mortal Kombat yeah, uh, our first repeat guest, Connor. I know you're not going to talk yourself up, but uh, have you gotten the plaque yet, by the way? I I got it in the mail, um, okay, and it's uh, probably displayed above my bed. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's where it says to put it. Yeah, it, it actually did say that on the back, uh, which is strange, uh, but I got my plaque. Yeah, uh, such a fun show. Are you in the middle of a season now? Like, what's what's going on with your show currently? We are wrapping up our fifth season. And again, we kind of break it down by rounds. I have, you know, spoilers. I've emerged victorious over Leonard for the first time in a while. And now I get to punish him. That's another kind of, uh, I won the season series, which means I won enough episodes like the one I described with Connor, where I have at least a five, four advantage after nine rounds. I think it's actually going to be like six, three. Uh, and so I get to make Leonard do something before we <laughs> reset and start over. And I'm not sure what it's going to be yet. He had me eat uh, very hot uh, wings last nice. last time, uh, which is not film related at all. I don't, no. you know, it's more <laughs> of like we were just biting off of uh, hot ones. But yeah, <laughs> instead of asking me any questions, Leonard just watched me eat a lot of hot wings and get uh just dive bomb my stomach for the rest of the day. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I'm now I, it falls to me to get him back yes. in some way. So I don't know, maybe I'll think of something during this, but I'm having a lot, I'm having a lot of fun, uh, telling him, uh, like just pitching ideas to him. And he's like, oh, I don't like that. And I'm like, okay, that's got potential. <laughs> You're like, Ooh, writing that one down. Uh, yeah, okay. that's, that's a blast. Uh, I'm really happy to have, cause I think I contributed to his, to him winning the season we did originally. And then mm-hmm. now I'm happy to have, you know, just to, you know, even in things out. 
That was yours was a bedrock win too because I think I was on a slide and I I, I used that to stabilize myself. Oh, yeah. okay, not bad. Yeah, I'm um, very grateful. You you also uh, co-host the Garage Show with uh, Jeremy Olson, another guest, a recent guest. I think within the last two months, Jeremy came on, and uh, it's a what once a month show in Jeremy's backyard. It's a comedy variety show uh, that is just beloved by the community. Yeah, I mean the community, excluding his immediate neighbors, are very <laughs> very supportive of the show. Um, no, it's been a lot of fun. This was a a monthly, as you said, a monthly comedy variety show that we've been doing in uh, Jeremy's uh, suburb. I, I guess it's in the city, but I think of it as like a suburban backyard. It's very homey. He lives it in is, a, yes. He has this nice space with a nice backyard with a hollowed out garage. Um, hollowed out garage? An empty garage. There's no cars. I like it. how um, you said it. Thanks. Yeah, I shouldn't second guess myself. Um, I my, One of my bits that always gets shot down is that I was like, at some point we should end the show with someone just coming home. <laughs> <laughs> just going down that driveway being like, I got to get into this garage. Parking and then we just make everybody there. leave. But I've been told that that's dangerous. And well, we got to um, move some chairs for this. Yeah. And then like, we are like, oh, but we still have an act. And then someone's like, just going back to the trunk to get the groceries. You yeah. Know, I don't know. We're workshop. Maybe getting in a fight a, with their spouse from inside the house <laughs> yeah, or something. Exactly. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, like the alarm goes off. Tell um, Jeremy you have my full support. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if that moves the needle <laughs> but yeah. I'm telling you it won't but <laughs> he was mostly not into me suggesting someone drive a car through the driveway which is where the audience sits yes. so I do see there's logistically <laughs> some issues <laughs> but uh, I still think it has potential um, no but we've had some great acts on we do stand up uh, improv sketch whatever um, music and uh, it's been a really fun thing to do coming out of the uh, the pandemic yeah um, as we still are, but uh, yeah. certainly like when we started doing it last summer and and it's this kind of outdoor show and we've gotten to have friends that we've known for, for years on and we've gotten to uh, to meet some new people and yeah, it's, it's great. And you're coming up on your uh, one year anniversary show this this That's month, right. right? This month. What That's day right. is that? It is Friday, June 17th. So it may oh. have passed by the time this comes <laughs> nice. out. However... If uh, if anyone, well, I can plug it plug later because this is actually well, coming out a couple days you, before if that. If you follow at Garage Show LA, there's an Instagram that we've set up recently, which will have uh, lineups and events on the next show, photos from old shows. So if you're on the fence, but if you live in the LA area, uh, yeah, check it out, please. I love it. Um, was there anything else about yourself that you wanted to plug or share? Anything dire that the listeners got to know before we get into everything today? I think that's, I think that's uh, enough about me. I right? mean, they, I they probably I can tell you're funny, well charming. They probably can't tell. Maybe maybe they can from your voice that you're very tall. Uh, yes, and handsome and cool. I mean, am I covering all the bases that you asked me to? Uh, also, just mentioned that I I'm very smart. Also, Quinn, you're very smart. Um, oh well, that's very kind of you. I was trying to come up with it. <laughs> Trying to come up real quick with a word that would make me sound smarter than, but then just using like that. That's very uh, scientific of you. Kind of, fuck. All right. You know what? Take smart out. But all these other ones were very nice. I'll, I think we'll we edit it. that part out to where it all um, seems authentic before. Uh, yeah, that's good. Thanks. Yeah. Um, well, if that's uh, if, if that's going to wrap up who our, who our guy here is, Quinn Boyce today, um, will you please introduce before we get into your history about games in general? The video game we're going to discuss for the main event today. Yes, gladly. 
Um, I chose what I would say, but I, I, I chose it for good reason. Like I, I don't mean to damn with faint praise, but I chose what I think is indisputably the number two <laughs> James Bond game <laughs> of all time. Uh, but it doesn't have like the same, maybe like legendary icon status of, uh, of Goldeneye, which is, I think most people, whether you like that game or not, would have to admit that is the definitive James Bond video game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I chose the 2004, uh, Pierce Brosnan starring, uh, everything or nothing 007, everything or nothing. I think maybe the technical title, but this is a third person. You heard me right. Third yes. person. James Bond, very well known for the, the first person shooter. Um, Third person, like, I don't know. I feel like it's got 40 levels in my mind. Like, I was, like, going back. I haven't played it in forever and was kind of stunned by the depth of it. But it's a, it's a James Bond game. It's a, There's some sort of nanotechnology threat, and you have, you know, 007 played by the physical likeness and voice of then-current Bond, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Um, and, like, an entire cast – like – I could go into the plot, but it's basically just a James Bond plot. I'm sure we'll we'll talk about some individual levels, which I love. Like the the first one of the first levels you play, like you are rappelling down a building and yeah. shooting guys that pop out of windows, and it's all. I mean, it's all like as you're going down the building and you're dodging like rocket launch. Like it's yeah. a crazy game. There's a, there's another level later where you are on a motorbike, uh, uh, driving after Jaws on the freeway and. There's just a lot of like fun memories I have of playing this game, but I think what attracted me to it as much as anything, being a big James Bond fan as a, a preteen and teenager, was that like they it feels like a James Bond movie more than any other James Bond game, like an original James Bond movie. It's not based on a then existing Pierce Brosnan Bond film. It's yes. it's like they made up a whole cloth and famously. I mean, I don't know if we've even underlined it yet, but this is this is an original story. This yeah. is not based off of one of the Brosnan movies. This is mm-hmm. a game made for the game. And and in fairness, and I've listened to uh, many episodes of your of your pod, Connor. I I, I find your uh, your voice soothing. I feel like you've only just been saying exceptionally nice things about me. But I, I think <laughs> everyone who listens to this podcast knows Connor has a very uh, calming presence and a very nice kind of uh, soothing radio voice. Always, <laughs> Thank you. And and you're a fine interview. Um, well, hot dog. But like. I, I, so I was listening to in prep for this. I didn't want. I wanted to come correct. So I listened to Rob Skirbo's oh, Nightfire yeah. episode, and I listened to Zach Olson talk about Goldeneye. Very just good. like in the past twenty four hours, just yeah. to make sure I was coming I correct. It. And I and Rob's not to go too far into you know, but people should check those out. But uh, but Rob's episode, he mentioned like Nightfire is the same. Nightfire was another rig- original idea. Yeah, they used Pierce Brosnan's likeness. But I would, and Nightfire is a great game. There's nothing against that. But like I would put to you like. Everything or Nothing saw that that kind of worked. Yeah. And they're like, okay, instead of just like a villain who is, may have been an actor whose likeness they were capturing at the time, but is otherwise not a famous person, not a recognizable face, uh, not a very memorable villain. This video game was like, what if we get the granddaddy of them all, like Willem Dafoe, yes. and we give him this little fake ponytail, that, and like we just make <laughs> him this, I don't know if he's supposed to be Greek or something, but they, they just make him this like... <laughs> eccentric bond villain type and it's like literally heidi klum plays the, uh, a bond girl yes. uh, who becomes the bad person um shannon elizabeth is the love interest they they freaking 
you know, it's hard. It's really just his likeness because Jaws doesn't speak, but they pull Richard Keel, Jaws from the Roger Moore movies with the metal teeth, and they just bring him into the Brosnan yeah. universe. Cause all, and so I, as a kid who, again, I used to like, I, I recount this now and like the older I get and the more I think about like the, the, the values such as they are of the Bond series, it's kind of a, it's a less and less thing that I say where like, oh yeah, I used to rent every James Bond movie at the video store every weekend. And some people look at me and they're like, oh, <laughs> like, what kind of little like how old you are know, you? <laughs> militaristic chauvinist were your parents raising? You know what I mean? But uh, there's just the escape was the escapism of the movies, but also just that thread of the fact that they've been making these things since the 60s. Mm-hmm. And so the franchise was four, 60 years old now. It was like 40 years old then. And But the fact that they like pulled Richard Keel from like yeah. some 70s movies, who is one of the most iconic Bond villains, and they put him in this one. It just is like, I remember often being like, this is like a is everything I wanted to see in a Bond movie, and they put it in a game. And I feel like yeah. uh, that was, I also would say, and I've spent a lot of time talking about it now, um, but <laughs> like it's the last good James Bond game. And oh. I have some hope for the future, but mm-hmm. I would say, and maybe you disagree, Connor, maybe you don't, I don't know, but like they have not made, they made one with Sean Connery about From Russia With Love, which huh. is okay. And I guess that came afterward and they use like 80 oh. year old Sean Connery's voice for it. And it, oh, it, it does not sound like young Sean Connery anymore, but um, Everything or Nothing is I think the last like, good James yeah. Bond game. So, and I just remember playing the shit out of it as a kid. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love it. And I couldn't, can't speak to it cause I haven't honestly played any James Bond game outside of Goldeneye. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I am interested in both Nightfire and everything or nothing. Um, thanks to, you know, you guys bringing on these games to discuss it's this. Yeah. This is the third James Bond game out of, this is episode one twenty, So that means that, one out of every 40 episodes we've done is a James Bond game, which is great. Uh, and now we're cutting it off, though, because none of them are good after this. Um, yeah, someone else gives you a James Bond game. I'm actually going to rescind Re- the invitation yeah. of having them on, period. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm excited to get into more of that uh, really soon. Um, but let's talk about your general history with games. Uh, do you remember uh, taking an interest as a kid or at some other point in your life, were they just around? When did you first, I think, and maybe enjoy a game? I, I can, like as far back as I can trace it, which I do think is pretty close to, like I, I have a very vague memory of my brother and I staying, like, visiting Disney. Uh, my brother's like just under, he's just less than two years younger than me. So okay. we experienced a lot of things at the same, you know. Um, and so I remember we were like staying in some like Disney motel or something visiting uh, in Orlando with our parents. And it had like a Sega Dreamcast or a, a Sega, not a Dreamcast, a Sega something like an old that oh, I couldn't even. Maybe like a I Genesis. I couldn't even identify now. Yeah, maybe Sega Genesis. Yeah. That's what I was probably looking for. And we were so excited to play that that like we didn't want to go to Disney. You know what I mean? <laughs> like my parents would be like, okay, it's time to like go and spend. And we're like, and I forget the game even. It was probably some like early Maybe like game. you know Sonic. what I mean. Like, actually, they may have had Sonic because yeah. I I've never owned a Sonic game, which is weird. But I do have memories of playing. So it might have been that's like just Sonic a, or the stance you take, right? You're like, no Sonic. Yeah. Well, you have to choose. It's yeah. Mario or Sonic, and then once you've made your choice. Um, but but the like the, 
for all intents and purposes, my history with gaming starts with the N64. And mm. I remember having, it wasn't for Christmas, but I remember having like that, like kid unwraps N64 Chris, for Christmas yes. style reaction. Yeah. When like we had finally worn down my dad <laughs> to get one for my brother and I. And um, do you remember the Super Smash Bros? commercial from yes. the 90s yeah it starts off they're skipping in the field you. together i do yeah and there's so a literal record scratch and exactly mario what like drop kicks like is it pikachu in the shins they're or just yoshi? running frolicking through the fields like friends yeah i think it's mario yoshi DK. maybe pikachu uh donkey yeah and then they just start kicking the shit out of each yeah. other. Which, um, Again, I uh, remember they're actors in full, like, sort of Disney mascot suits. Right. So it's yeah. live action. If mm-hmm. you're pro- the listeners, could, I think, likely familiar with it, but if you're not, I will put a link in the show notes to this commercial because it's an all timer. It was also like one of the, you know, I was watching a lot of Nickelodeon, so they probably bought more ad time on that yeah. network, but I, it felt like it played every time any show went to commercial. Mm-hmm. There would be that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we like absolutely um, were thrilled to get that. And honestly, we had more games, but the twin pillars of N64, the games that I played like 80% of the time I was playing anything which it, that 80% would have been split between Super Smash Brothers yeah and GoldenEye 64. And that's because those are the first two games we got, but they were also like I I have memories of of some other games but mostly we were renting that. You know like mm-hmm. nowadays 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 you get your Steam account, you could have any game you want. But no, but like back then it was <laughs> like we owned games but they were expensive and I didn't yeah. have money, so it was like begging someone to buy them or waiting for Christmas or my birthday. Mm-hmm. Or we would rent them, which was, came a little bit later. So I remember like renting uh you know, like Banjo-Tooie and uh, super uh, like like um Mario Party like different ge- you know Mario Race, but like the ones that we had were Goldeneye and Smash Brothers. And nice. honestly, that was all I needed as a kid. Like that was, you got bored of one, you started playing the other one. And so those were like. That's a good palate cleanser for, too for each yeah. other. Uh, mm-hmm. Different enough, but they are both competitive multiplayer games, but you can also play both of them solo if you want. Yep. Yep. Um, with, with Smash Bros, because that was my intro to the series as well. I love the first game. I still have the, uh, I have like a, a player's guide from Nintendo for it still, which mm-hmm. if you ever come over, I've got to show you because the art is incredible. Um, but uh, that game, did you get really into it to where you were doing like break the targets and like board the platforms? Did you ever do that stuff or was it just like the fighting? Oh, to try gosh. to unlock, to try to, well, initially like there was, that was how you would unlock some of the characters, right? I, feel I like think so. But it, I would do it for like, if you, to, yeah, to try to do it in time. Yeah. I yeah, remember that for sure. There was also, I think you could unlock like the Mushroom Kingdom stage, you know, like the bonus, the one bonus mm-hmm. stage they have in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have a favorite character when you used to play that? Yes. So this is part of a larger like controversy at the time as a kid, <laughs> but like I am an older brother. It's a tough beat to be in like the video games that, to be the older brother far worse at video games than your younger <laughs> brother across the board, yeah. especially because like GoldenEye, I would just get wrecked. Like I, it didn't matter who I was playing as. It didn't matter if it was rocket launchers or the golden gun or whatever. My brother just would 
beat me and we were very competitive and it never came to like blows. Although sometimes we were maybe grappling yeah. <laughs> on the floor, <laughs> but like it never came to like knock down drag out fights, but it was absolutely like competitive and I could whip his ass. The only video game I've ever been able to consistently just pound my brother was Smash Bros. Oh. And I would be Kirby. And it got to the point. I had a feeling you were and, a Kirby guy. I was yeah, thinking that. It got to the point where he and others have accused me. It's Kirby is a cheap character. Kirby, what? you beat me as Kirby. That, and I would say, you play as Kirby. I yeah. don't care. Like, I, you know what? Don't take my best weapon away just because you can't beat me as Link, which was typically is Link or Samus were his one and two. Oh, interesting. And I didn't even have a two. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was Kirby every time. My, my default was Kirby and my number two was red Kirby. Like I just had. <laughs> and so like. There were, there would be times like, okay, we'll play, but Quinn can't play as Kirby or stuff like that, you know, like. Tales that all was the like, time. Yeah. So, uh, I think that answers. Yeah. So my, my, my Smash Brothers character beyond a shadow of a doubt was Kirby. I love that. Uh, I, I still love that, that original game so much. Um, uh, I still, I, did you ever like do that thing where you go, I, I remember going to, um, sleepover parties and you'd set the, you'd play stock and you'd set the time. To like 99 oh, like you'd go as high up as you could go yeah. and then you'd just play and then you'd see if you'd fall asleep before you could possibly but it <laughs> took all of the because you know if you play with five stock and you lose a life because you couldn't make the ledge or something and you're like shit like now i'm gonna lose the whole fucking thing because yes. i have that's 80 percent or that's 20 percent of my lives gone for some error but if you got 99 lives you're like i'm just gonna jump for fun like i just you know like yeah you screw, it got pretty you loopy around. but that was uh the fun I, of it yeah. i definitely toyed around with the the 99 stock but never played the specific game of will i fall asleep or will we finish this <laughs> but that is good well, I don't know if we ever got down to zero. Usually, as reliable as the N64 was, and I still, I almost, I didn't set it up this way, Connor, and I know this is a, a an audio medium, but like... Oh, there we are. There there she is. I can, um, we can see Quinn's N64 with GoldenEye in the cartridge slot. Hell yeah. I bought GoldenEye in uh, the pandemic because I couldn't find my old one just so I could beat it again. But, um, but no, we'd play in like, as reliable as the N64 was, usually the system would crap out before you got from 99 down all really? the way to like, yeah, it would freeze or something, you know, I don't know. And then oh man, someone's like, controller gets but, unplugged. Yeah, um, it's just as well. But Okay. Uh, so some big N64 love for a couple titles. Um, would you have any experiences after that growing up or after that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I feel like for sure. I feel like uh, we were always... And and this probably is similar to a lot of your listeners, so I don't I don't think I'm that unique in that respect. But we were always like a generation behind. Sure. Like I yeah. remember when everyone when we got the N64, actually that was probably the last time we were current, and we mm-hmm. didn't get it right away. But yeah. like we got it whenever we got it, that was still what everyone was playing. Um, and it was you know was, there's always like two systems, right? And so that was like then, or at least two systems. So then it was like N64 or PlayStation, and then I remember the Xbox PS2 thing did not get those when they came out never had an xbox we got a later generation Mm. one years later but eventually we did get the ps2 and um by that point again like i don't think i ever have played a system and it's also just being young and having nothing to do but like as many man hours put into it as i have the 64 but the ps2 got a lot of play i remember like off the top of my head final fantasy 10 oh yes which is like my brother, okay. Oh, and you know what? I, going back just for a second, I should give some love because it wasn't just Bond and Smash, even though for me that's what it was. Yeah. I loved 
like the Zelda games for like Ooh. we had Ocarina of Time mm-hmm. and what was the Majora's um, Mask. Majora's Mask, thank yeah. you. Yeah, we had those two. Ugh. But my thing is, as much as I love it, and I did finally, after years, like actual years, I did finally beat, not to jump around too much, but I like finally just beat Breath of the Wild on Switch. Hey, um, nice. But like, I'm terrible with RPGs. Uh, yeah. Mostly because I don't have the mindset for it, I think. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I have to, I want to go over every inch of this field. Like I, I hate the idea. Like it's a mental thing that sticks. Yeah. That if I've left this village behind, but I haven't talked to every villager and I haven't gotten this task <laughs> and I'm not like, I, I'm not, it's not because I'm obsessive about like 100ing it, like completing every yeah. facet of the game. It's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a tick or something. It's like where I'm just like, ah, I'm, I didn't do something and it's going to stick in my craw and I got to go yeah. back. So I always wind up losing enthusiasm for games <laughs> before I get through them because I'm following my own didactic, like you got to do every single thing yeah. anyway. Um, but those games were great. And so I remember when we made the switch to PS2, I don't recall playing another Zelda game for a while. I don't know if they even released many for the PS2 specifically. They but wouldn't like, have. Yeah. Right. So yeah. final fantasy, a very different type of game, but also RPG, like filled that yeah. role. And I would watch my brother play that game for hours because I sucked at it. Like I, he would. That's get a good so game much... to watch too. I will say, yeah, it is. I yeah, do that it had a lot. Like a good story. Up. Yeah, great story. Like soup, like hyper realistic cutscenes, which I think was sort oh, of a first. The graphics at the time, insane, were crazy. I I played. I watched a, my my best friend play that growing up. And I played it a little bit myself on only on his PS2. So when I would be over there, I think the summer after it came out. And in 2020, I got it on Switch and played through the whole thing. And like was just kind of blown away. I love that game. I think it's great. It's 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 incredible. Um, you're in Xanarkand and you're a Blitzball player named Titus or Titus and Titus. Gosh, yeah. it's it so much Titus. fun. <laughs> Yeah. Did you ever get the sequel, Final Fantasy X-2? Well, if you get the remaster that's on Switch and other consoles, it comes with X-2, but I, oh, I've shit. never turned it on. Okay, yeah, my brother got that, and I don't remember watching that one through to the end. I just remember there's like some sort of cliffhanger, I think, right, from Final Fantasy X, where, where Titus, who I'm now going to start calling Titus, uh, dies? Or you think he died? Like, there's some sort of like cliffhanger. He might and it die was at like, the end of the game. Yeah, and so like Final Fantasy ten two was I think like the search for Titus or whatever. But yeah. anyway, um, I don't recall any. the way death worked but, in that game was weird anyway because you could die, but you could stick around if you weren't like sent to the afterlife by like whatever Yuna was. Like mm-hmm. you have to be sent. So you like kill a character in that game, and then he comes back, but he's dead, but he's alive. It's confusing. <laughs> That's just how it works in real life, Connor. Um, oh shoot. Or so I hope. Uh, no, but I remember other titles like Spider Man was a huge. Oh, the Spider Man yes. games for the for the PS2. Um, uh, I feel like we had like Gran Turismo, which was mm. a, a racer <laughs> that I do not have. I, I have memories of, but they're not like over the moon. Um, and what was another? There was a oh the Kingdom Hearts games were big. For oh, us too. very nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely oh well, obviously. I mean, PS2 is my pit, like Nightfire, Agent Underfire, mm-hmm. and um, and Everything or Nothing were also, those were PS2 specific games. I know they came out for multiple consoles, but that's what we played them on. Um, and yeah, there was like an X-Men game that we had fun playing, which maybe you would know the title of, but I, I don't remember. It wasn't based on the movies, but it was like a cool, 
like level based thing where you could just like pick a different X Men. I don't know. Like I remember that one my brother and I would play because that was like a whole co op game that we like. Oh, I wonder if it was. I um, should have done some research and looked up what it was called. But I maybe it was a specific X Men game, but they have a series called Marvel Ultimate Alliance where Mm. you it's sort of like a beat 'em up, but you can play with a friend and you're sort of running around as the characters going through like a big level just beating up enemies um maybe that's not it but uh i looked it up because i was it's x-men legends oh yes of course yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. x-men legends yeah that was a good one um but yeah no i mean by this point in my life um and you know i know i know it can like i i felt like that was more you know how like do you have brothers connor i don't know if i don't just just one sister one sister yeah um especially brothers that are like close in it. I don't know. It, it felt like it wasn't my, our parents weren't giving this to us, but it felt like you just carved out your own things, you know? Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned, my brother Truman was always better than me at video games, whatever the games were. So I felt like I ceded that space to him for a while, sure. which again was nothing that he, he didn't ban banish me and I didn't like, nobody cared, but just I did out of feel respect. like out of respect, but like the one, <laughs> Like, cause also it, it was, it was like, I'd see, I'd start Final Fantasy 10. He'd start Final Fantasy 10. He would play it more f- fervently and he'd get so much farther ahead that I'd watched him play so much of it and <laughs> seen him struggle. And I'm like, I'm not going to go through that. Yeah. Like, I gotta, like, I can't be like, I'll just, you beat it. And so I feel like I, I was like, I withdrew from that space, but like weirdly, and maybe this goes back to the fact that I host a film podcast, but like <laughs> video games based on movie, like the Spider-Man games or, uh, or the bond games, even if they're not based on a movie, just like they're movie, like, like the, everything or nothing is doing everything to make you believe it is like a video game movie. So, um, those were the ones where I would get like very into the, you know, until yeah. I beat them. And then I, you know, they had a certain amount of replay value, but that you- was like, I was not good at seeing a lot of games through, but those were the ones I would. Yeah, there. I've. I, this is a recurring theme or topic on the show discussing just like licensed games from worlds that we really like, um, mm-hmm. and this is exactly what you're hitting on. You also maybe threw out a Harry Potter game as well. Oh, yeah. Was yeah. it Sorcerer's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets? I think Dude. both had uh, like they're kind of, the the look of them is cartoony. Like they're based on the. I don't know if you'd even. I mean, they're, it's. It doesn't think, matter if they're like based on the movies, but yeah. like they look like they're sort of based on the books. Like a lot of the character designs, it's not like they're trying to recreate Daniel Radcliffe. They're kind of cartoonish, but those games are great. They are. I played the, I mean, as they were coming out, I was playing those games. And during 2020 for like in October, I replayed Chamber of Secrets. Uh, mm-hmm. I got it on PS2 and that game is awesome. It's so good. And I think one of the things I really liked about that game was being able to explore Hogwarts and the grounds and go to different yeah. like corridors and stuff. It felt like you're you're in the world, which go is to a lot of class. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Which is what a lot of I think games like that from worlds at least I enjoy are why they're appealing. So um especially from this era too. There's something about it. I don't. I don't know what it is. Well, you know what? It, it, yeah, it's interesting. Um, first of all, the Harry Potter game. I, I, thank you for reminding me of it because I. I don't know that I'd ever like. I cannot get out of my head 
the kid that they have voicing Harry who just goes flipendo. Like you can just do <laughs> flipendo over and over and over again. And it's a spell that doesn't really have a consequence. It's almost like a stun spell or yeah, I don't know what it does. Maybe it turns something over, but like, um, I would just spam that button whenever I was running around. So like yeah. in my, it's like worked its way into the, like the crevices of my brain. It's yes. going to be one of the last things that leaves my brain when I die <laughs> is this little kid just going flipendo. Flipendo. Like, uh, do I know uh, that one? Well, did you, and you played these on the PS2? I played them all. Yeah. I know that I've, I've talked to other people that remember that as like a, a computer game and I never did that much gaming on my, on the family PC, but, um, but no, yeah, we had it for the PS2. Yeah. The cha- or excuse me, Sorcerer's Stone. I played on the computer, which was, mm. is a very different game from the one they released on consoles, but is still great. Um, anyway, uh, uh, how do I don't even remember how we got here. We were just talking about licensed games you really liked. That's right. And I, oh, I, I did have a like because I, I say that, and again, like technically, I mean, they're licensing the Bond character, but technically, the game I picked isn't even based on a movie. But like, come Daniel Craig as James Bond, who was the the actor who preceded, uh, uh, succeeded um, Pierce Brosnan. Like the games just started being terrible, and mm. I don't know if part of that was because they'd like reimagined for the movies a darker, grittier, less video gamey type of Bond. Yeah, I suppose that like that's fair enough. But like also, um, I just feel like the the licenses. It felt like the any kind of joy in like creating a fun game or trying to recreate a movie that existed or try to create a a Bond feeling story whole cloth. It just didn't seem as important. Like I remember. Um, getting a couple of them and they even did a similar thing where they have a couple bond uh daniel craig's bond games that are just like kind of joyless like they might as well be like just a regular i don't know just like uninspired shooters and i I, maybe i don't even have the vocabulary to describe how it was disappointing to me but it did not they did not have like original songs that they were coming up with and it didn't have like cool uh takes in the game i'm you, huh. you remind me of one other license thing is oh, remember yeah. did you play a bunch of the matrix games that were coming out i at played the time? like one enter the matrix and that path one. of the one yeah i played enter the matrix i never my brother played the the one where you actually got to play as neo oh interesting I which never was all it. i ever wanted when those sequels were coming out yeah. and then like only a couple years later did they like make the movies into a game which i think was called the path of neo or the path of the one um, and by that point I was like, eh, I don't care anymore, but it was, <laughs> I'm not, no disrespect to Jada Pinkett Smith and, and the other people in the enter the matrix game. But I just remember the disappointment <laughs> of being like, there's a movie, there's a video game that's coming out. That's going to connect these two matrix sequels that you're yeah. really jazzed about 12 year old Quinn. And I got the game and it's like, you play, you can't even play as Morpheus or Trinity, let alone Neo. It's like, all I want to do is fly and punch people and stuff. And it was just a little bit of like, oh, it's okay. It's like Niobe and material. Ghost, I want to say. Are there character yeah. names? Uh, yep, yep. I This game is... Good characters, no disrespect, but not who I was looking to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This game gets uh, ridiculed because it's apparently not very good, but I loved it as a kid i thought it was the cool i was so into the bullet time stuff in that game yeah i think I, i'm pretty positive that i completed this one i've looked at and it on ebay a few like times a full, too they filmed like what felt like a full movie of like because the cutscenes aren't i mean most of them are not like computer generated oh. they like would just cut to remember i think you needed like two discs or something it's but a it two disc like, game yeah you would like because there's so much fucking high definition yeah uh, but yeah, they would just put um, like you would see a scene where 
Jada Pinkett's uh, Niobe was talking to like the architect and be like, hey, that's from the actual movie. Like it was, they put a lot of care into it. They did. It was an ambitious game for sure. Uh, wow. I'm glad you brought, brought that one up. That's good. Uh, did you like from that sort of like PS2, Xbox era, did you continue gaming in your life? Was it something you came back to? I, there was a definite lull of like, we did, um, like coming out of the PS2 era, like we didn't get the PS3. I don't remember mm. getting, I, I think we got the Xbox. You're going to have to help me, Connor. 360? Well, Xbox 360, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that was around like the end of the 2000s, early 2010s. Yeah. It was like, the... I think it came out actually in like 05, 06, but went, yeah. was around till 2013. For a while, right? Yeah. yeah. And that was definitely the one because by the time we got the Xbox 360, I was like, leaving for college yeah. <laughs> um, and so I but I remember it was it must have been that one because it had been out forever like it had only yeah. just you know become like a a console that was like affordable basically by the time we got it um and I'll be honest, like that's where I played some of those latter like Daniel Craig James oh, Bond but I, I, I'm trying to think yeah there was one called like Bloodstone or something which I don't remember being very good but um uh I, I'm I'm like really hard pressed to find a game that I would play for the Xbox 360, except for I've had like on again, off again interest in the MLB The Show games, and I definitely oh, yeah. had like I'd have to go back and look at the year, but maybe it was like The Show 2010 or something like that, and like was, I would play that game quite a bit. If it was on the Xbox, I bet it was like MLB 2K. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what? You might be right. Yeah. Maybe they didn't have it for the, cause I'd play them on PS2 as well. Yeah. So I definitely had like the show and if that was PS2 exclusive, then it must've been like 2K10 or something. Yeah. I think um, this, yeah, the show would have been exclusive to that and console until this year, I think now it's on switch and Xbox. Maybe it was last year it came to Xbox, but yeah. Uh, getting your sports game in there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm like looking now to see if I can like it. It was the 2K series. Okay. Right I feel like it was. Yeah, it was. It was Longo. Evan Longoria. Was oh, nice. MLB 2K10. That was what I had. Okay. Um, which uh, and now I I just like bought my first MLB game probably since then. I bought 22 at the oh, show. You did. 22 okay. for the Switch with Otani. Um, but uh, yeah, it was like that was about as much gaming as I was doing. But what started at the time was. I felt like uh, it's it feels funny to say it now, but like even back then, which was like over a decade ago, I was having nostalgia for the N64. So I brought that with me to college. Hell and yeah. so like I was playing GoldenEye again Good. <laughs> or Smash Bros or whatever. So like weirdly, my gaming had started to like go back and I, I was starting to eat my own tail a little bit. I um, love it. And I did not have another console that I bought. Like my brother really was spearheaded i don't know if it was his money or my dad's at the time but it was like he spearheaded getting the 360 yeah um and i did not have another console that i felt like was my own until i got the switch in like 2017 2018 oh so you were a pretty early adopter of the switch oh yeah i was very excited what caused you to like come back well uh, that's a good question. The, the switch was a gift. It wasn't something nice. like I, I did want it, but I, I wasn't like, it, you know, it was a holiday. I wasn't like, you guys got to give me this, you know, and I, I'm very fortunate to have gotten it. Um, I would say like the appeal to me for it, cause it, it wasn't just happenstance. Mm-hmm. I did want it. I did see it. And the, the appeal to me for it was, um, the, 
what is for most people, I guess, was the handheld. Like yeah. my family had a Wii. Now I'm like remembering all these consoles I didn't even tell you about. But again, I'm not mentioning them because I never really played with it that all much. Good. But my family got a Wii. I have a younger sister. Okay. She had the Wii. You know, mm. and I don't really, I don't remember playing any game other than like going through the Wii Sports a little bit, yeah. playing Wii Tennis, and we, which was fun, but I, I, I didn't play it regularly. And she would use it for like, she was a kid, she would use it for like Dance Dance Revolution or, or like those different kind of games. Um, but uh, I, I remember um, the handheld thing about the Switch was what was so cool about it. And I was like, oh, I could just play this, and when I'm annoying people by playing on the TV, I'll just take it off, <laughs> yeah, and, and play with myself. And so that like. Part of it, because I was, and this isn't console gaming, but it's a whole other avenue that I didn't neglected to mention was like, I hit my Game Boy pretty hard as a kid. So the, yeah. it was the first thing that excited me. I never had like a PSP, but it was the first thing that excited me since the Game Boy of the idea of like, you can go on a plane and take this with you, you know? And I was like, oh, that's pretty rad. So I got that with Breath of the Wild. Yes. It took me five years to beat it. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, yeah, so stuff like that was very, that was that was that gap. There was a pretty good gap there from like the mid 2000s to the mid 2010s where yeah. I did not game very much at all other than revisiting the N64 in college. You know, everybody of all walks of gaming life, I feel like not maybe not everyone, but most people have a, a, a lull, a dark period, if you will. Um, uh-huh. And some are just more extended than others. Uh, often happening, I feel like within that sort of like uh, like pre-college, post-college era. Probably because mm-hmm. we're all freaking partying our tushes off in college. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was doing nothing but partying. I didn't have time. <laughs> no ch- no time to play games. Um, well, that being the case, the last question I really have for you is outside of Breath of the Wild and maybe um, the show, Have there has there been a game or two in the last couple of years that you've really enjoyed that you've wanted to mention before we hit the break? I got... So, I mean, yeah, it's funny because I, I think about like, uh, there's a couple answers for you. Uh, one of them was a, a game that I um, I talked about on, on the Reactivators podcast. So I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, steal. It. Oh, I don't we're on the same network. I don't know if they. Oh, I know. Oh, okay, I know. But good, when good. I mentioned you on theirs, they said that you were persona non grata. So I don't know if there's <laughs> some kind of beef. Which is true. <laughs> um, but I am a big uh, Rocket League fan. I play yeah. that. And I. And it kind of brings me into this, like, I never really got into online game, like even just like, I would like multiplayer with friends or whatever, but I never played like the Halo or Call of Duty games very much. I have played them, but like, I know the people that usually really got into them and played them for years and years would like play them online. I never, yeah. we never had that. My dad did not know how to hook up the Xbox to the internet. So everything <laughs> we were playing was kind of self-contained. Um, so Rocket League has just been a very fun, like, zoom around blowing up some cars but also just the soccer physics of it like Mm -hmm. i don't i've never played a fifa game but i really like the kind of the soccer element of that game um and i think the the controls and stuff are very top notch so i like that game a lot i also played so much um overcooked too that i almost my fiance almost broke up with me (laughs) (laughs) this like there was a period of time i fell so hard into that game where she was like you have to stop playing that game because uh, yes, that's how it started. But then I was like, "You're slowing me down." <laughs> just use the auto. <laughs> like I was playing the the story mode or whatever. I would just get so obsessive about trying to like beat it, and then just get I don't know if it's three stars or five now, but get three stars on yeah. it, like the highest stars. Then if you do it in a certain time, you get like a platinum star. And I, I was just obsessed with like 
like I said, like with Zelda, I guess, with like maxing it out. And so I'd play the same level that I've already beaten, but I'm like trying to shave seven seconds off it yeah. and I'm getting frustrated or something. And she's like, you, you got to put that away. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's fair. That game, I consistently hear it uh, uh, bringing conflict one way or another into people's lives, but yet I want to play it bad. Have you? Yeah. Wait, have you? I've never touched Not. Overcooked, but I know oh. I know the series. It'll ruin your life, Connor. <laughs> hey, well, uh, there's nowhere to go but down, so may as well. <laughs> I it's it's it is funny though because it's like it's a chance. I don't cook, but it's a chance to have a real argument with a loved one by just being like, <laughs> "You're not cutting the onions fast enough." Yeah. It's like well, we could be actually making a meal by using this, even if it's a hectic energy. Yes. We could be putting it towards something productive. Uh, but it's, no, instead uh, it's yeah. all digital. Um, I think that's. Like I said, like I think that's oh, I really loved uh, Mario Odyssey. That was another oh, like nice. early Switch game, and I, I used to play with my sister, who is like a decade younger than me, and we didn't have any shared game experiences. But I come home and I play, and she'd be like, I'd be like, "Yeah, Ava, you want to be the hat?" And she'd be like, "Hell yeah, I want to be the hat." Nice. So just, <laughs> yeah, she'd just be fine. That that was a good one. That's great. Um, yeah, I love that. The follow tiny follow up question to Rocket League: Do you play with Jeremy? I have played with Jeremy. Are you not Jeremy told to me. <laughs> no, I have played with Jeremy. Jeremy is better than I am. I'm pretty good. And I say that like most people that are listening to this that actually play it could kick my ass. But like <laughs> I don't get very good at too many video games. Yeah. I'm used to being the person who's like takes you like five hours to complete the level that you're supposed to beat in 20 minutes. Sure. You know? uh, um, so I don't and I don't have any issue with that but obviously there's the competitive element to rocket league and jeremy when he first told me he played he and his roommate at the time he's like we used to play and we'd put a jar in the room and every time we lost we had to put money in the jar i was like he, he's like telling me so kind of extreme you left this detail out of his episode <laughs> yeah oh yeah am i talking out of turn i mean he this dude was legit and so when he told me i was like i don't want you to get mad at me when i like miss a wide open shot yes. because i didn't have enough boost so we have played but i, I try to not um i try to be doing something out like if we were talking about the garage show or something yeah. i'll call him and then maybe we'll play a little rocket league and then if i like miss my coverage and give up a goal i'll be like whoops sorry i was thinking about you know i was prioritizing show. our show jeremy yeah yeah uh, cool. I was just curious. Something tells mentioned... me Jeremy has fingerless gloves that he wears when he plays Rocket League. I don't know that for a fact. Yeah, we're gonna have I to do some investigating. Uh, yeah, I was curious just because he had mentioned that. Um, get that game on his episode. Uh, well, Quinn, um, thank you so much for sharing about just your general history with games. That was really fun. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll get into all things James Bond. 007 everything or nothing so uh i'll see you on the other side My name is Jeremy Schmidt, and I'd like to tell you about my podcast, Video Games, A Comedy Show. This is, you guessed it, a comedy show about video games. Every episode, a panel of video game-liking comedians discusses a brand new topic, the games they've been playing, and best of all, the news. Are there bits? Arguably way too many. If you like to laugh and or like to play video games, check out Video Games, A Comedy Show, anywhere podcasts can be found. Welcome back to the Call Me By Your Game podcast. Uh, 
It is I, Connor McCabe, here with my guest, Quinn Boys. Hello, Quinn. Hello. Now, we will finally do what we've all been waiting for and get into uh, the main event today. We're going to talk about James Bond 007, everything or nothing. And we're going to begin with a little uh, history and context of what this game is, even though I feel like Quinn summed up a lot of really, uh, it'll very helpfully earlier. Um, but again, if you want to jump in at any point, uh, please do. Um, but here I go otherwise. Uh, James Bond 007, Everything or Nothing, is a third-person shooter video game based on the James Bond films. But as we said, not one in particular, just sort of that world with Brosnan. Uh, and then, of course, Jaws comes in. <laughs> um, it was developed by EA Redwood Shores and published by Electronic Arts under the EA Games label for GameCube, PS2, and Xbox. The game features a cast of voice actors including Pierce Brosnan, reprising his role as the MI6 agent James Bond. Other actors include Richard Keel, John Cleese, and uh, Judy Dench as Jaws Q&M, respectively. And it is considered a continuation of Die Another Day, the 2002 film featuring Brosnan in his final performance as Bond. Development of the game began in 2001, written by Bruce Fierstein, Danny Bilson, and Paul DeMeo, uh, three people I uh, don't know who they are. Are you familiar with these people? Did they write some of the movies? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm familiar with one of them. I don't know the other two, sure. but Bruce Fierstein, first of all, he is a, a fellow Boston University graduate. Oh. I know that because I went to Boston University and there's like- there's like a plaque or something on a wall somewhere that like, or no, you know what it is? It's a poster. It's a Bond poster. And it says like written by School of Communications 11, Bruce Fierstein. But yeah, he also wrote my favorite Bond movie, as you know, Connor, he wrote Goldeneye. And yeah. I think maybe had a hand in writing a couple others. So the fact that he, oh. he was a writer during the Brosnan time, I guess we can say that much for sure. But yeah. Very cool. Um, it's the second Bond game played in third person after Tomorrow Never Dies, which came out in 1999. I, I'm not familiar with that not game. A, not a memorable game. No. Uh, well, then I guess I'll never have to check it out. Uh, and is the first Bond game to feature a two-player co-op mode. Um, this game was released in February 2004, and it received generally positive reviews, according to Metacritic. Um, you also summed up some important... Uh, uh, notes about this game before we even jumped into it. Is there anything that we haven't covered either in the the monologue I just gave or what we talked about earlier before we get into the game that's important? Um, I yeah, I no, it, it's interesting. I guess I don't have anything new to add, but it is interesting that you say that it is like canon, which is funny because they kind of wind up wiping the Bond canon when they they had Daniel Craig. They, yeah, they rebooted it quite famously but the fact that you know kind of what i was saying i was like oh willem defoe's the bad guy and it feels like you would cast this as a genuine attempt bond movie right yeah like if you give willem defoe to be and also there's like a tie-in in the game where they mention willem defoe's character whose name is like diavolo or something it's very close <laughs> to diablo they yeah. just wanted to do um where he's he is a student of Ma a protege of some sort of Max Zorin and Max Zorin is the villain in the 1985 Roger Moore Bond movie uh, A View to a Kill he is played by Christopher Walken so in this weird movie universe game universe whatever Willem Dafoe is playing the protege in a video game of a real life well not real life but of a real movie villain played by Christopher Walken and I'm just like, they went real deep. They're really like connecting the various yeah. Bond threads in this game, which I, as 
then and now uh, genuinely appreciate it. I felt like it added to some of the cooler like cinematic uh, moments in the game. But, Definitely. Um, Probably gave it a little. Yeah, it is also funny to think of Baraz and Swan Song as just like a video game. Yeah, really. <laughs> like, All right, you're done. Uh, it's like, I didn't get my fifth movie. It's like, that is your fifth movie. All yeah. the stuff you did, that's your fifth movie. And you're going to like it, mister. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, very cool. Let's get into, you know, your history with this game. Obviously, you've been a uh, James Bond fan for many, many years now. Um, you probably had played, I mean, GoldenEye by this point. I'm uh, probably for a bunch sure. as you already mm-hmm. pr- pretty much laid out for us. Um, do you remember this game coming out? Do you remember anything about anticipating it? Or was it something that at this point you just remember being around? No, I definitely was anticipating it. I don't know how, like, I don't, I'm trying to remember because this game, I think, came out in like February 24. Did you say that? Or yeah, February, February 2004, 2004, I think, I was what I saw. Yeah. Um, but so, like, I don't really remember how I used to get hyped for video games back then. <laughs> I probably saw like an 8 bit trailer released on a website somewhere, you know, <laughs> but like, I definitely knew it was coming. Um, and I definitely was old enough to have at least. 20 to 30 to 40 dollars that it would have taken to buy it yeah maybe 50 dollars um so i had like saved up for it and i bought it um but yeah it was it was the appeal of like nightfire had come out nightfire was a big hit mm-hmm. and um so it was just sort of like oh they're doing it again but i do remember them kind of advertising like the the cast that they had for it and again like shannon elizabeth it was a few years since american pie but shannon elizabeth was still like popular the fact that Heidi Klum was you know like the kind of stunt yeah. casting for the video game they had Maya do the theme song I don't know if you're familiar with the artist Maya I'm not familiar with the artist Maya she's one of the women and I found this out by looking it up but she's one of the I would I would say less famous women who is part of that like uh Lady Marmalade uh song oh incredible that everybody yeah love so, that you know Lady Marmalade <laughs> yeah, but don't they say it like Lady Marmalade, like uh, Christina Aguilera, Coochie <laughs> I Coochie? <laughs> I think I I don't remember them pronouncing it like that, but I know what you're talking about. Wait, you're saying it's Lady Marmalade? I think this, so. Uh, maybe it's in the East Coast, West Coast. So. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> they definitely don't sing Lady Marmalade. I feel like they put a little French on that, but... Um, kind of like how for this game in uh, all of the regions, Heidi Klum was on the cover, but then in, I think, Japan, the, the Japanese actress was on the cover. Oh yes, it's like that, but for hearing that, that song, it's a really loose connection mm-hmm. I make here. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Yanny Laurel situation. That there we are. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, it was absolutely my most anticipated game of two thousand four. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I played the hell out of it. Like I remember, um, you know that that like opening. There's just a lot of like different. You know, I I wouldn't be able to piece together whatever the video game story of it was, but there were so many cool things about it. I remember it being a little bit controversial, in quotes, controversial, that this was a Bond game. Because GoldenEye so set the standard Mm -hmm. that even though Nightfire had updated the graphics and did a little bit more of the story and the likenesses were better and stuff, I do still remember a lot of people being like, you know. Oh well, like Golden, you know, like it's it's following in the footsteps of Goldeneye. So the fact that they were doing a third person shooter is as close to controversy as I can recall around yeah. this game at the time. But I also think the gameplay was so good that like nobody cared, you know. And sure. it, it 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 does have like a pretty good um, like he centers in the frame pretty well. I remember it being a pretty smooth like 
you know, for me, it's like I didn't even notice uh, after a while what the difference was. And I think it also allowed like an appreciation for the graphic of Pierce Brosnan. Like yes. it's a very good looking rendering of him. Yeah, it is. A very good looking man. It's a good looking, good looking. Well executed. Rendering. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I, I just think like there's so many fun, like some of the missions are short, um, but there's so many of them that like I truly... You know, like I think Nightfire maybe has, maybe I'm underselling it, but maybe Nightfire has like 12 levels. Maybe it's 16. This felt like it had like twice as many mm-hmm. and um, a lot of variety in them. So like I told that first one, you're like rappelling down a wall and you're, you know, you're shooting as you're going. And that's like a kind of fun thing. And most of them are obviously standard, like walk around and shoot. But there's cool stealth levels. There's this whole level where you're in an abandoned mansion where everything is like, like an abandoned plantation kind of house where everything's Mm. like got like an old sheet thrown over it. And there's guys there and you're supposed to like creep between the, you're like in the house from the others. Like you're just like (laughs) creeping through like a room with a piano with a blanket over and you're supposed to find these goons who are staking it out and you're just supposed to like kill them uh, stealthily and stuff Mm. like that, which I don't remember being, I mean, you know, there were, elements of golden eye and stuff where you're not supposed to get caught, but like they were very different. There's like a ton of driving levels. You get to use a bike. You get to use like a, uh, like an SUV type car at one point Okay, you get to use. And because it like follows the movie, there's like invisibility cloaking. So you get to use your like Aston Martin, but it's invisible now. And you kind of, you know, like they had a lot of fun. There's one level that's straight up. Like you enter what is essentially like a, like a stock car race. You're driving like a NASCAR (laughs) type vehicle. And so it just becomes Gran Turismo for a level, you know, and then like, so I remember the variety of it being very, um, very cool. But the, the piece de resistance, I think anyone who played this game would remember the, the freeway chase where you're, you're chasing after Jaws on your motorbike. There's guys in cars out of sunroofs shooting on you. It's kind of like the scene from the matrix reloaded. Um, but like you're weaving in, in and out of traffic on the freeway. Yeah. You're weaving in and out of traffic. You've got flames that shoot out of the sides of your bike so if you get in between the cars that are shooting at uh shooting at you you pop a wheelie and then you use your flames and you blow up their car like it was just it's (laughs) carnage and mayhem um there's an amazing moment i think what they have in this game i'm remembering it now in real time was uh like 007 moments so it's like it's like the thing where it's like you can walk through the door and kill the guard and then you'll continue with the level or you can use your repel and go over the thing, you know, and you could do it stealthily. And if you do those moments at the right times, you'd get this little like metallic 007 logo. It's like, yeah. like, you've collected a 007 moment. That would, um, add, would that add to like a score or something? Yeah, probably yeah. like it would help, you know, at the end of your score at the end of the level. I have or a question whatever. about those. Were those, were those something that as you're starting a level or maybe going through a level that it tells you this is a way you can do it or you had to discover these? I don't remember 100%, but I feel like they were organic, like you would just stumble upon them. That's fun. Some of them, though, may have been like like the camera is kind of cheating by showing you two options or something. Yes. Like They may have been kind of planted. And this one, the best one that I remember is... You're, you're, it's the freeway level. You're driving after Jaws in this. I think Jaws is like throwing barrels at you. He's like the monkey. <laughs> He's like Donkey Kong. <laughs> but um, uh, so you're like chasing after him and he there's a, a, a big truck, a gasoline truck, uh, you know, like a truck with like it's just hauling petrol and it's uh, across the side of the of the thing now. So the only way for you to get under it is to do a really sweet James Bond bike slide. So you like go into a slide, but then if you put your, 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 um, 
your jet, your flamethrowers on as you're underneath uh-huh. the petroleum truck, it causes a huge explosion. That's like a big James Bond. Movie. Okay. So there's like stuff like that that I remember. Um, kind fondly. of like. And also like. Th- those. Because I learned about those watching some videos about this game as well. And it's like. Because there's plenty of very cool action sequences in the Bond films. Even the like the. I mean, we're so used to the, like the fast paced Daniel Craig stuff now, but mm. maybe some of the iconic moments you would have seen in the Brosnan series, it, the game was uh, all, basically pulling its own versions of those in, it seems mm-hmm. like, which which mm-hmm. are really fun to see those iconic moments. Uh, if I knew the Brosnan movies better, I would name a few for you. Uh, yeah. Whether it's him, what is he, doesn't he take in Goldeneye, like a, he flies off a motorcycle into like the plane as it's going away. What does he do? Yeah. There's a great stunt where he off of runway that a plane is just flown off of launched off of. He takes a bike and drives it off. Uh, the plane is unmanned. So it like goes over the side of the runway. He takes a bike after it. And then the stunt is him ditching the bike in midair, falling into the open door of the plane, getting into the cockpit and then turning the plane. Yes. Pulling it up. That's so that's, but, that's um, the sort of thing I like, am, uh, comparing or like a tying to these moments that seem really mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a 007 moment in real. Yeah, exactly. We should yeah, just go around the... and when we do cool things in real life, just be like, no, it's a 007 moment. <laughs> yeah. I... You're on board, it's, right? It's much less cool when you do it in real life. Yeah. I'll do it with <laughs> you. I'm just saying, I don't know if it's going to be what we think. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, it's totally, why did I like, the James Bond movies, uh, a lot of people would look at it and be like, well, because you love sex and violence, Quinn. And that's true today. But, um, (laughs) but no, it's like as, as, as honestly, cause I can't speak to my, um, my, uh, subconscious, I guess, but like as much as I, it's just the escapism fantasy, you know, it's, it's like more than when you're 10, um, you're, you know, and, and if you're like, I was, (laughs) I was interested in, in girls at the time, but not really. Like I didn't know really what that meant, you know? And it wasn't yeah. like I found the movie so erotic, although there's definitely that element of like danger and sexuality that uh-huh. the movies have. But honestly, it's the fact that he's like beating people up in a suit and then he's like ordering a drink at the bar. Like it's nothing. It's the escapism elements of bond that I feel like always drew me in as a kid. And the mm. fact that like each movie is a travelogue for interesting, different locations. And this guy like could not be less impressed that he's like at a bar in Jamaica talking to a really <laughs> beautiful woman like everything is so oh whatever to james bond and yes. I, I guess there's a part of that as you're when you're a kid you mistake that as cool and not like fatalistic but yeah. um, <laughs> but i think it the games at their best and this one definitely has that in those james bond moments and like in general it's like it you do feel that kind of like debonair kind of style that the james bond movies have and i feel like that that is something that translates to a video game better than say like you know I don't know. I think I I almost liken it to like the coolest thing about the Spider-Man game going back or the newer ones, which I've played uh, or the ones even for PS2. It was like, I just want to swing through the city. You know, it's like, how can you like make me feel like this character that I like watching? And I feel like that's like the bar for success. And and for me, they were the Bond games were very successful in that respect. Yeah. And games, you know, movies allow for that in some sense where you can I mean, you're watching this happen, but games can allow for that to a whole nother degree when you are controlling the character and you're like, Oh, this, mm. is, I am doing it as opposed to yeah. just watching an incredible stunt on a, uh, in a movie. 
Um, you feel, mm-hmm. at least I have felt more connected to stuff like that for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, maybe it's what people get from like, I had a medal of honor game. I think I maybe had one of the first ones, which like started with like storming the beaches of Normandy oh, Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, on D-Day. And, um, and I'll never forget, <laughs> this is going off topic, but I'll never forget <laughs> like that game starts and you're on the boat. It's literally like the first scene from Saving Private Ryan oh, or, or from real life for people who are unfortunate to have lived through it. But um, like th- it starts with a poem. It starts with this little <laughs> thing where it's like, uh, and when they get to the pearly gates to St. Peter, they will tell just one more soldier reporting, sir. I've served my time in hell. And then this game starts and literally like the guy in the boat next to you gets shot through the head and oh then you get put gosh. in the water and you see the bullets go through and then you're storming the beaches and you're, you're trying to find like a turret and you're just dodging. And I'm like, this is very real. And I did enjoy those games. So I'm not going to dog them too much, but I do like, if I'm going to play that, give me the escapist element of a James Bond game where I know the guy I'm killing in this universe. Well, actually let me be very clear. The Germans are very bad, but I'm just saying like the James Bond games, it's like, it's so light that I don't even think about it. Like the medal of honor is trying to give me PTSD. You know what I mean? Like it's literally putting sad St. Peter poems in the fucking beginning. Okay. I I like that the buy-in's like, yeah, it's cool. Just use a jetpack. You can, or a a rocket launcher. You can blow all these people up and you don't feel the weight of it quite so much yeah absolutely uh but the nazis are bad actually i i i'd have no uh, i wasn't feeling bad about killing nazis is he gonna slip up is he gonna do it uh and you're off the hook for now quinn i caught myself this time yeah uh i'll be sure to edit out all the times you didn't say that um (laughs) that's that's great uh I, i do have a question for you and you obviously had like a decent amount of video game experience leading up to that. Do you remember it all or either, um, you know, playing this James Bond game that is now in third person, not in a, it's not an FPS shooter anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. or just like adjusting to like the gameplay at all, or was it seamless and you just got into it quickly? It was pretty seamless. I don't, you know, I, I don't remember there being like a, a bit, a lot of pickup because I think other than just your orientation on the screen, I feel like it was a pretty similar, like, you know, I, I will always associate James Bond with first person shooter. That's why as much as I love this game and I really do, I, I feel like GoldenEye is the standard because it it's from what all other Bond games are like compared against. So mm-hmm. like, you know, I would like, there's this thing where if you're cycling through weapons or you're pausing or something it just makes time really slow which is Ooh, actually kind I of love a cool, that feature it's a cool feature and it's, it's a cool modern, factor because if a bullet is being fired at you you would sort of see it so it's like you can take cover if you're being shot at and you're like oh what am i doing and you're pausing but you're not actually you can't just wait forever i'm pretty sure because you will still get you know like but the bond but golden eye obviously it was the very iconic like the watch face comes up yes. and that becomes your screen and you could be you know like so uh, I'm sure there was an adjustment, um, uh, but no, I don't. I don't remember there being like. I don't think I ever really struggled with it. And the, the other reason I love the James Bond games, as I've been very honest about my deficiencies in video gaming, <laughs> is they are quite easy. Like I would awesome. always play them first on like operative or the the lowest, the easiest yeah. setting, and then I'd run through them again at agent or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'd get 
further in. And then if I was really bold, I'd play double agent and I realized I couldn't beat the first level and I'd be like, well, fuck this whole thing. (laughs) So I was playing absolutely to just win. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, let me play it the slowest version. I don't need to make it too hard for myself and then I'll come back to it if I want to give myself a challenge. But like, unlike those like Zelda games that we talked about or something, which is like, you're going to need to devote hours of your life and you're going to really have to think about how to get through this next day. I'm like, no, no, no. Like where can I shoot my way into? How can I make this easier? And that like the instant gratification was more what I was looking for. Yeah. Well, makes sense. Video games are supposed to be fun. And uh, Mm -hmm. there's like a big, you know, culture of get good out there. And uh, you know what? Those people can uh, get a life, I think, uh, because you should enjoy games However you want to, whether it's on easy or hard. Uh, so that that is that is cool to hear. Um, was there anything about this game that you remember? Um, did it do did it do anything? Maybe maybe the third person uh, camera is the thing. But there, is there anything that it did differently from the other ones that you played that really stuck out? And maybe also that's the bond moments. I'm curious to hear. Yeah, no, um, I I do think and it's it's points i've mentioned so you know i don't mean to just be repeating no, myself please. but like it, it was absolutely that this was the first time like nightfire it felt like they were trying to you know the the ps2 was better graphically than the n64 certainly and they could do more fun stuff but like that and agent under fire which doesn't get talked about as much if someone if someone gives you agent under fire connor and it's been at least 40 episodes since this one let them on i feel like that's one that one's okay okay <laughs> you cool you know what i but can then agree cut to them that. off after that um but that was a game where like they didn't even do any of the likeness that like i i do feel like it was it was mostly around the gameplay making a like like you are playing a movie kind of thing and i've sure. heard more um i've heard more uh, like what's the word? Auteuristic kind of game uh, developers talk about that before, you know, uh-huh. where it's like, you're, this is a movie that you're playing, you know, this is an experiential kind of a thing. Um, but I felt like they were really putting that in play, you know, like Nightfire had the trappings, but this was like, they were like, Oh, we'll, we'll get the, you know, the different part and we'll connect it. And this is Bro- Brosnan's fifth official bond uh, thing, movie or otherwise. Um, and, but no, like in the gameplay, I just feel like it was, it you know, it was still mission based. Like the setup is still very similar to going back to GoldenEye or Nightfire or, or the things that had preceded it. But I feel like there was a lot more like, okay, get in a van, jump in this, follow this guy, go into this building. So the missions were almost, I would liken it to like, in terms of layout sometimes, and the maps were bigger depending on where you were. It was an open world, but like it almost felt like a Grand Theft Auto mission, you know, except oh, you, weren't, yeah, interesting. you weren't doing it like it was around that time. Right. And there would be like, go to this person, meet this person. He's going to think you're someone else. He's going to give you a briefcase and then you got to follow this guy in the car, you know, and that wasn't every mission. There were still your amount of like shoot him ups or whatever. But yeah. like, I remember, I think it's the first mission like ends. You're, you're scaling the building, you go down, you're fighting and maybe it's technically the second mission, but it, it's a continuance. And then you like get on a bike and then you're following a train and then you get on the train. So there was much more like um, cycling through different formats of playing. Whereas GoldenEye, though I love it, it's all other than that one episode where you're in uh, that one level where you're in the tank. 
it's basically all like you got the gun in your hand and you're running yes. through wherever you're going, you know? So they're, they use, I think the platform much more effectively. Oh, very cool. Um, yeah. now that you're bringing- and I say even more so than night fire, like not, you don't even have to go down as far as gold, like even more so than night fire and, yeah. and agent under fire. Yeah. This is something that I heard a little bit about from, um, at least one person on a, a video I watched just learning about this game was that that was something they enjoyed too, was the variety of gameplay, I guess, styles or, or modes that were offered throughout this, which probably helped keep it really fresh as you play. I mean, especially it sounds like they were all fun and good and not just yeah. all, like I'm, there's some games where it's like, well, do I have to do the like card part of it? Like the do I have to gamble to actually do this? Or in Final Fantasy X, <laughs> do I really have to play Blitzball? And thankfully, you really only have to play one match and you can lose. Um, but it sounds like these were fun. That's that's great. I, I, will, I will dog it in one respect. And this was a thing that was never like, or maybe, I mean, it was important to me, but maybe it was because I already had Nightfire and some of the other ones. It is probably the least, I mean, I, I don't remember Agent Underfire so much, but like, if I'm talking about Nightfire, this game and Gold Knight, it's probably the least fun multiplayer. And it's part of it is because they try to do this like co-op thing where you're playing as two characters that aren't even like Bond and someone else. Hmm. They're like just two like MI6 grunts and you're playing as that. And there's like missions, which I remember always thinking like, oh, this will be cool. Maybe my brother and I'll play this and we'll run through it. But we like never would. And <laughs> I think there was an element, you know, like the typical f- four people split screen yeah. free for all but I don't remember it. Like huh. Nightfire had a better one. Goldeneye obviously had a better one. So that is, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll points, points away for that part of it. But as a, as a single player, like the main story experience, I, I think it's great. Yeah. It's excellent. Okay. Very cool. Um, I want to get into a little bit of the context of, you know, mm-hmm. what was going on for you when you played this game. Let's start with where just, just like paint the setting of where your PS2 was hooked up. What room was it in? Where were? It? Where was it? Was it at your home? I, let's let's walk me through this. Yeah, of course. This was at my this was at my home in New Jersey. Uh, this would have been in our TV room, which was the primary TV room. Space. TV room. Did you have like? I mean, oh, I guess we, we also called it rooms. the living room, but it was just called the TV room. <laughs> we had the TV room, and then we had the family room. Mm-hmm. Which, Ours was one in this the same. I think. Oh, okay, but nice. This would have been. I was in junior high. I was not playing sports. And actually, if I'm now like really trying to set the scene, I would have been in seventh grade, which was, I think, the year that I got in a little bit of trouble academically, Connor. I what? Was, I, you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> playing too much, been, uh, uh, playing this too game. much uh, everything. <laughs> well, I feel like that would have been um, a punish. Like it would have at some point probably was like taken away from me. Now yeah. I wasn't playing it so much that it was ruining my life or whatever, but it, it was probably would have just been an easy punishment for like, I remember doing really poorly in math that year for whatever mm. reason. And I, <laughs> I, we still had to get our tests signed. Was that a thing you had to do a lot? Like bad tests or good tests or bad, but obviously the ones you don't want to get signed. Maybe bad. it depended um, on the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. This was a teacher, a math uh, teacher. Maybe it was like a, a quarterly report. Anyway, whatever it was, um, I had to get it signed, and I remember f- uh, forging the signature, <laughs> like, for, which was uh, at the time felt like I was going to hell. You know yeah, what I mean? Oh, like, for sure, your life's over. I had enough. I didn't have enough good sense to not do it, but I had enough sense to be like, "This is bad. Like, this is really bad." You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, that was yeah. my mindset, and um, and I got caught 
the teacher like immediately knew that the shaky, the shaky trying to recreate the thing was not like legit. And she gave it back to me and she was very nice. Actually, I was not doing well in her class, but it was not her fault. She was a good teacher. And she gave it back to me and she goes, get it signed for real. Oh, like, but polite, like, not like she's like, did you sign this? And I said, yeah, I did. And then she's like, (laughs) she's like, get it signed. Go, go back and get it signed for real. Dang. And then I went back and I forged it again. No, you did but not. I did a better job. <laughs> I did a better job of it. And then did and, she buy it? And she bought it the second time because she's like, what idiot would do this twice? Like, you know, because the second one looked better than the first one. You got one. a second and lease on life and you risked it all again. I'm sorry, Mrs. Shear. Well, because I knew that if I got caught again, they would surely take my PS2 rights away. So yeah. I actually do recall playing this. With friends, either at my house or this was, you know, a game that you take the disc or someone else has it and you played at a, a sleepover or just at friend's house. But I do kind of remember it was a little bit of an escape, probably this game mm. specifically, because I it was for the first time. And then I did like fine in eighth grade. Huh. <laughs> for whatever reason, in seventh grade, I was having some trouble. I was, you know, puberty is beginning. We're all it is. We're all struggling. You're noticing uh, stuff you didn't notice before. Exactly. You know, uh, both with yourself and other people. Anyway. Uh, we don't need to get into the details, although uh, puberty talk is my favorite segment on the show. We do it, uh, often. Um, that's so, that's so funny. Do you think you were just like, yeah, you, you said maybe already you didn't know, were you just distracted? Was it hard for you? Like, um, I do. I think that was like the first time I, uh, I'm trying to think of like, I'm typically more of a, I don't know if it's left brain or right brain, but I'm typically more of like a, 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 um, writing and humanities kind of than like math and science. Mm, yeah, right? I gotcha. That, or is it math, science, and the humanities? Either I, whatever math and sciences, I'm not. You're so more what, like uh, English history. That's sort of yeah. Thing. Maybe as a communications major, Connor. Like, come on. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, so I remember that was the first time I ever because I struggled with math, I guess. But I remember that was the first time I was ever like, you have that feeling in school where you're just like, I don't, I don't know anything. Plus, I would say I started hanging out because middle school, you know, some of your friends from elementary school stick, but you're in a bigger pool. It was yeah. it was the three elementary schools in our area were put into the one middle school, and um, what a time that is. Some other started hanging out with some other kids. I was interested in in girls, but I had no. Ooh. There was no, uh, I wasn't doing anything about it, Yeah, (laughs) but like, um, but I was like, yeah, I do think that was like, it was, I was probably dealing with a lot of feelings that Mm -hmm. I had no outlet for. And my parents are very loving and understanding, but I was just not the kind of communicative child to come home and be like, I think I might be unsure of my station in life, ma, you know? So instead I would just do poorly at math and, and, and forge the signature of the thing. But Uh, uh, I love that you phrase it like unsure of my station in life. Uh, yeah. So that is so funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny for a, particularly a seventh grade because it's like, you're fine. Just keep doing it. It just, the only way out is through. But at the time, you know, you're like, this is, I'm feeling things intensely right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, strangely, it, it definitely was a different vibe than like, all my memories of playing Smash Brothers or even GoldenEye or anything on the 64 is like playing it in a, and that was when our living room used to be upstairs, which makes no difference to you, but it's a, that room got a lot of sun, the upstairs room. Mm. It was like, there were windows on three sides. It was on it. And so like all those memories are like sun soaked and we're all laughing. And even <laughs> if someone doesn't like that, I killed them with curb, it's all in good fun, you know, whatever. And like, 
middle school was for whatever reason, a darker period of my life, probably because I made it so, but I literally moving to a darker room in the house. I moved to a darker room in the first floor of the house, which got nowhere near as much. I mean, these differences are subtle, but they are important. That is so, that's very interesting. Uh, even the visual indicator now, um, (laughs) wow. Very cool. Thank you for uh, walking me through that a little bit and what kind of what was going on with you. Um, I didn't even connect them until you brought it up. See, that's what I'm talking about. You, you, revealed hidden depths of my own self you know what i, I it know. is one of my favorite parts about the show is when someone does like their synapses connect to something they had not considered in a while it probably has something to do with you know like memory and nostalgia but i love hearing that stuff so i'm glad it happened uh and i hope the next thing i uh i rummage up for you is more of a happy memory than a <laughs> depressive one um but anyway that was really fun to hear from you uh do you, uh, as we sort of, you know, prepare to transition to some post-show uh, segments, I, I would offer two things up to you that I like to offer my guest. Um, was there something about this game or like an aspect that you didn't get to talk about that you'd be remiss? And, and if not, um, I would love to for you to put like a bow on just sort of what place this game held for you at the time. So either hmm. either way. Yeah. Let me think. I, yeah, I, I'm. I, maybe it'll maybe it'll reveal itself, but I don't think there's anything that we okay, cool. haven't covered. I think we've been pretty um, pretty good on it. Um, well, yeah. All right. Well, maybe this is a, so. There's that thing of Bond games where because the violence is baked into the premise, mm-hmm. like you're you're shooting people the whole time. But Bond movies are supposed to be sexy too, or at least they're supposed to have some sort of like sexual escape. So I remember going back to Goldeneye. Like the GoldenEye, you beat the final mission and the game ends with uh, the two blocky pixel, uh, you know, the the 3D render, whatever you whatever they use to make those characters. Yes. They just make out while the credits roll. Hell yeah. And I remember when that first happened, uh, when I finally beat that game and I was like eight or nine or however old <laughs> I was being deeply embarrassed that that part of, you know what I mean? Yes, like, Oh course. no, someone's going to walk in. But uh, I was terrified that if you turn off the thing, then it would, probably like, couldn't not. have even been able to tell what was happening. The graphics are oh, so no. bad. <laughs> it's literally like, yeah, it, it, it's like they just simulate like one back and forth motion of making out. But it's so, and so by the, the time these game, this game came around, I guess Nightfire too. Um, like Heidi Klum is, the, these are very beautiful women in these games and depicted um, I, quite realistically especially quite even realistically. for the time yeah no the graphics do they hold up pretty well for 2004 uh ps3 game but um the i was i was like i couldn't remember that many levels after that uh freeway chase that i've described yeah. already and so i like went back and i just watched the cinematic of the end of the game nice and they're in like russia or something and and bond has foiled he's killed willem dafoe and he goes and uh shannon elizabeth is the is the bond girl at that point yes and and the virtual pierce brosnan just grabs her and they smooch and the game and i was like it's something about like all james bond movies and all james bond games have to end that way and there's something very almost insecure about it where it's like it's one thing it's like i get it it's like if you have in real life pierce brosnan and and shannon elizabeth it's like well this is what the people pay for but it's just so funny to me in a video game i just think about that like it's like we got to give them something on the way out like we got to get them kissing we got to see these uh these well animated characters make out otherwise i mean it's it's just not gonna be satisfying 
yeah, someone's going to return the game. <laughs> just be like, I played through this whole game and it just ends. Uh, but it, it's it's that thing of a, maybe that's what I've been praising it for, which is like the slavish depiction of the film experience in video game form down to the bond moments yes. or whatever. But just the idea that like, as it, even as crazy into James, all things James Bond as I was just being like, Oh no, like who's the person that they're like, Oh, these guys are going to kiss now. And it's going to be very, um, so that's not, that's less of a, like to put a bow on it, but I guess, I don't know, maybe we'll kiss at the end of this episode through the computer Connor. I don't know. Fingers I just, it, it made me think that all, all James Bond movies end in a raft with a, with a woman in a bathing suit and everyone's making out and the games are not far off, but that's great. Uh, well, okay, so that was something you did it that you're like, I got to bring this up. Uh, did you have any like? Oh, did you want to put a bow on this, or did you get to say pretty much? What I guess you wanted yeah, to? I do actually. You know what? Oh, thank yeah. you. This is perfect because I I had this in my mind in the beginning of um, and this is actually kind of a question for you as well, oh, but please. I do think this will tie it up nicely. Hopefully, have you played or do you have an opinion? Because I'm asking you now as a as a novice, but like the um uh. Oh man, this is this is embarrassing because I know it's a very popular game and it's only escaping me because it's is it but the Elden guy Ring? with no the dude oh. with the barcode on the back of his neck. Oh, is that Detroit Become Human? Uh, oh no no no, Hitman. 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 Yes. Hitman. Um th- I was told by a friend of mine who is like very into games and mm-hmm. and also like gaming news and stuff and he knows how much I, you know, appreciated the bond games and stuff actually maybe it was my brother uh, but either <laughs> this way guy. <laughs> this guy well if, if it was if it wasn't this guy it was my beloved brother um but no someone told me he's like hey i don't know if you ever played the hitman games and i haven't but i guess i came on here bitching about that the last good james bond game is from 18 years ago but apparently they've effectively stopped making them and again i don't know if that's because the craig movies were too dark and a video game time didn't make sense or what but that like the guys, the, the the team that made Hitman, I believe, is like supposedly making the next Bond game. And so someone's like, you got to oh. play Hitman, first of all, because those games are fun if you like Bond games, which I, I, I assume maybe that's true. I know you have a recommendation for it, but I don't know. I haven't played Hitman, but I'm like, I saw some gameplay, like I watched some of it and I'm like, oh, this is very cool. Because I saw some stuff where it's like, wear this guy's suit, go into this, yeah. you know, this mansion and pretend you're at the party and then find the fight. Like... So I was very – that seemed very cool to me. These um, games I've also happened to have no experience with, but everyone I know who plays them thinks they're fantastic, uh, especially Hitman 3, which came out last year. Got mm. – just was just like really – it's it's a different game than, than – obviously very different than this game because it's – I feel like mostly stealth stuff that you're doing and sort of puzzle solving as you're going through and figuring out how to execute certain things because you have your mission. But yeah, from all accounts, they seem great. Yeah. So I, I, I guess I, that would be my bow on it is like, if anyone, <laughs> if anyone like me is especially interested in the, the lineage of good James Bond games and the, uh, sort of scarcity that we've, the drought that we've been in, I, I guess there's reason for hope and optimism and hopefully the next James Bond game will be good. And I don't know if it's like, I think if they're developing it now, like maybe it'll be more like a stand, like they just like the Miles Morales or the Miles Morales I know is the expansion, but like the new Spider-Man game where yeah. it's like, we don't need to get Tom Holland. Like we'll just do it. And it doesn't have to be totally. Cause I don't care as much as I like the likenesses of like real existing bonds, like just a good game would be nice. It's been so long. So yeah. I, I am excited for that and I will definitely get it. Well, you deserve it. Uh, but Thank Hey, you. maybe I until then, maybe some of the Hitman games will be up your alley. Uh, yeah. Well, 
Quinn, um, we're not quite done yet, but thank you so much for sharing about, you know, your experience with this game, uh, you know, especially being such a huge Bond fan. I'm glad that there was still one available that you wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah. Uh, so thank you. But before we go, we're going to go ahead. Thank you and, for providing this space. Oh, absolutely. Um, we're going to hit a couple of the the classic post-show segments, the first of which the Fact Me By Your Game segment where I just share uh, Easter eggs, development history, secrets, all sorts of stuff with my guest. Um, but uh, I have uh, two to share with you today. Um, the first one I have titled Last Night Fire. I don't know why at this point. Um, but while playing in the Mardi Gras Mayhem level, of this game, uh, driving around the city. If you pay very close attention to the buildings, you will eventually drive past a large building with the words Phoenix written on the side. If you've played other James Bond games, the icon and name should be familiar too. Uh, apparently, it's the corporation uh, owned by the character Drake in James Bond 007 Nightfire. Uh-huh. So that must be okay. why. So it's sort of a tie, you know, an homage to the previous game, even though I think it really has it is inconsequential to this one. I like it though. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's the the Phoenix is the company. Um, the mm-hmm. second fact I have for you is a little little bigger one. We've been talking about how uh, impressive the uh, the graphics were for this game and the character models, and you were uh, listing off uh, some of the you know big Hollywood actors who were in this. It's really cool, and the acting is is pretty fun in this mo- in this game. From what I got to see from cutscenes, um, I have this titled "When Hollywood and Mid Two Thousands Tech Collide." Uh, so this will answer some of our questions. Uh, Everything or Nothing is designed, obviously, to resemble a Bond film. The game features a voice cast of notable actors that we've already gone through today um, and it provided their likenesses and not just their uh, voices for this. Um, in order to do this, a cyberware, which is the, the name of the company, scanning machine was used to replicate the actors' faces. And the dev team also referenced hundreds of photos and hours of video to fine-tune their appearances. Uh, motion capture uh, was also used, which probably, we probably could have guessed. And Japanese actress Misaki Ito portrays Q's assistant, Miss Nagai. Uh, Heidi Klum was – oh, this is something I was telling you earlier. Heidi Klum is featured on the game's North American art while Ito appears on the Japanese cover. Uh, mm-hmm. And here we are. Just hitting a, some fact that you shared earlier. It was was it Maya or Mia is the singer? So I, I double checked before. I am ninety five percent sure that though there is not an A before the Y, it's pronounced Maya. Maya, <laughs> okay. Boy, are um, we both going to look stupid if that's wrong? So not only does she portray the agent Maya Starling, but also sings the song "Everything or Nothing," uh, which is mm-hmm. great that this game gets an opening Bond song, uh, which yeah. is just classic at this point. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. But there's it's just tying in uh, the Hollywoodness to also how this game looked and so good uh, at the time. I, I do recall. It's interesting you say they reference pictures because like I don't remember when the moment would have been, but like there's definitely moments where like you know they'll, he'll give like a Pierce Brosnan arched eyebrow. You yes. know, they they capture more than just likeness. There did seem to be. Uh, whether that was from mocap or just from them using reference from a film or whatever, where they're like, yeah. hey, let's give them that little, yeah. moment, which is, those are always nice touches. Yeah. I love that. Um, well, that'll do it for the fact me by your game. And we'll, we'll get into the final uh, segment of the show, the game recommendations where uh, as, as you probably know, listening to a few episodes uh, in the last 24 hours, this is my one forced tie into the movie. Call me by your name where I am going to treat uh 
007 Everything or Nothing as your army hammer, your passionate summer love that you are eventually going to move on to. And um, like I was hoping for Elio in that movie, you're going to find something new, Quinn. Mm -hmm. Um, So these recommendations are going to be options with things in common with this game. Um, The first of which is if you want another send-off for an action hero, as we had this being Brosnan's final portrayal as James Bond, um, with specifically Nanobot Danger, I'll go Mm. ahead and recommend to you a game I just completed the other day for the first time, Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots. Um, So there's that option. If that's the big part for you, you love the send-off, then check out that game. Uh, If you want another suave spy... But you're actually tired of humans. You want an animal as your spy. I'll go ahead and recommend Spy Fox in Serial, which is a point-and-click uh, humongous entertainment game from the from the 90s. Uh, do you know who Spy Fox is at all? I don't think so because the first one, I, it's not. It's not Fox from Smash, right? It's not. That's Star Fox. It's <laughs> Star Fox. That's right. Um, but, hey, you could pick that game too. Um did, no, wait, I'm going to check you out Spy Fox. You're a baseball kid. Uh, did you ever play backyard baseball? Only ever at a friend's house oh. on the computer. It looked so fun. I know like Pablo Sanchez and that all that. Yes. But I, did you, uh, the the baseball game that I had for 64 uh, before I started getting like the show or 2K, whatever, was Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest. Oh, so there's two Griffies on 64. There's that one, which I missed mm-hmm. entirely. And then okay. I, I played Major League Baseball featuring Ken Griffey Jr., which is one of my all-timers. Oh, damn. I didn't, I never checked that. I, I got, yeah, no, I, I remember getting Slugfest. And I just remember whatever, ver- I was, I'm a Yankees fan, so I would usually play as the Yankees. Uh-huh. And I like that lineup and just the way, whatever announcer they had, like John Olerud, like whatever, yeah. like I just, <laughs> that's still very fresh in my mind. But um, yeah, no, that's, uh, so backyard, those, are, those were fun games. Backyard the, baseball though, I loved playing. I never owned, that's what uh, I said, I never, I think my parents were like, you can play as many video games as you want on the TV. But stay the f away from our yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't give it viruses or whatever. Because that was only for computer, right? Like there was was, never a console version. Eventually, it came to consoles, but the first, like the OGs, were just the first three were just computer. Um, Mm -hmm. But the company, there's a spin-off, like a a faction of the company, uh, Humongous Sports, who made those games. Humongous Entertainment made a lot of like children's point-and-click adventure games. Spy Fox being one of them. So if that sounds up your alley, Quinn, that's an option and. The last recommendation is if, after playing this game, you just want more Willem Dafoe. That's all you care about. I'll go ahead and recommend a game he was in that came out last year, the most recent game he's been featured in, called 12 Minutes. Uh, Also featuring Hollywood actors uh, James McAvoy and uh, Daisy Ridley. So, Wow. Yeah. That sounds cool. So... uh, there we are. That is the game recommendations. Again, I'll go down the list again. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, Spy Fox in Serial, and Willem Dafoe in 12 Minutes. Uh, but Can just I just ask for title clarification? Because I am going to check these. I'm going to look these up. Spy Fox in Serial? It's like what does that mean? Colon, I think that that's just, I don't, I've not played the game. I don't even know what, it, but it's Serial <laughs> like the food. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so whatever Would that means. Would this be a game that you got in your Kellogg's like you remember like you'd get those games sometimes the disc would be taped to they your cereal box. They did have box. humongous entertainment demo discs in in cereal sometimes, yeah. uh, but unfortunately, I don't think it's tied to the cereal. Maybe there's a big <laughs> plot about someone's cereal gets stolen from a museum. I don't know. <laughs> 
Uh, One can dream. Yeah. But um, anyway, that'll do it for the game recommendations. And Quinn, that will actually bring us to the end of the show. So before we go and plug whatever we want, thanks for doing this. This was super fun to just get to chat with you for, I don't know, 20 minutes about baseball before the show and now uh, an hour and 50 about this game. This was a blast. Yeah, no, thank you so much. This was a, a total pleasure to be on the show. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad that I was able. I'm always happy for the opportunity to talk James Bond. That's why this episode was so, uh, so filled with useless factoids. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I feel like you very generously allowed me to plug everything up top. So I'll just be quick. Uh, yeah, you can follow the Garage Show at Garage Show LA if you're interested in the film versus film podcast. You can find that anywhere you get podcasts or on Instagram at FVF Podcast. And uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I am at Q Boys or on Twitter at Quinn Boys. Killer. Should have been consistent with that initially, uh, but I well, wasn't. Well, it's okay. I'll put a link yeah. to the show notes so all yeah. the you know the huge avalanche of followers you're going to get after this episode, <laughs> they can just click a link so they won't even have to search it. Um, but yeah, thanks again for doing this. This was fun. And again, just so we're clear, if you ever want to come back, Quinn, I just wanted to say you're going to have to have me back on Film versus Film twice. Um, twice. Okay. That's a tall yeah. ass, but I'll start yeah. putting in the, I'll start lobbying. My new goal is be the, f- I haven't even been on a third time, but to be the first four timer, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll go ahead and close this out with some plugs of my own for the show. The cover art, uh, the show art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn Jay. You can find him and all the other wonderful uh, works he does on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J-A-Y. He's a really great animator and illustrator. Um, you can check out uh, our producer, Jeremy Schmidt, his show, Video Games, a Comedy Show. It's a sister show of sorts to this, also featured on our network, more of a roundtable style uh, podcast where the most recent one, I'm actually, I made a return to that show and he's on the road to his 200th episode. So, uh, he's doing top 10 lists with one person at a time. And, uh, the most recent one we did was top 10, top 10 lists. Cause Jeremy and I like to watch top 10 videos on YouTube. So <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, Anyway, uh, you can follow me on social media if you want at Connor underscore McCabe. And then again, uh, check us out at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. That's a place where uh, if you subscribe to us and pay us money every month, you will get a bevy of bonus video game content. We just finished speaking of Metal Gear Solid 4, our Metal Gear Solid Games Club, which is the first half of the year. Coming soon, we have the uh, Donkey Kong Games Club starting in August to take us through the end of the year. Um, there's a monthly version of this show where I sit down with a group of people. The co-op episode coming this month will be Portal 2. Um, and there's uh, the Reactivators have stuff on there, the Bonk Boys, uh, a lot of great stuff. Um But that'll do it for the show. Uh, This has been another episode of Call Me By Your Game, and we will see you on the next one. 